Welcome to the Front Court Female Podcast. I'm your coach, Jillian, and I pick you for my team. You win in the end, so get into the game. be present with me. Welcome. Money, 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 money. Your heart's probably already beating faster, right? Just hearing me say that word. So money is something we are in relationship with. We need to cultivate a trusting relationship with money instead of just deciding that our relationship with money is broken. Instead of jumping into that shame spiral that pretty much comes up in your body, right? As soon as you hear that word, we can get curious. I am inviting you today to jump into this gift, accept this invitation, and start to create some healing around the money relationship in your life. What is money? Numbers, right? But it's more than numbers. No, I'm not crazy. (laughs) It's not just credit. It's not just your checking account. It's It's your worth. It's exploring your worth and how we see ourselves as a viable partner through the energetics that money creates. Money causes something I would call energy leaks, okay? How many times have you um, broken your iPhone and stressed out over buying a new one? How many times have you, um, you know, said, oh, this job doesn't pay enough, you know, for all this bullshit. I wish I could quit. How often are you, like, considering the brand name? of something, of a shirt, a purse. Um, So through the lens of energetics, money is one of the biggest black holes that just sucks us down. But as we know on the front court, we get to assign meaning to things. We get to do that. And the result of of taking responsibility for our own experience, um, of owning our circumstances, how we want to feel about what we've learned and what we've been taught, you know, because we can't change that. But we can cultivate a new narrative surrounding something, you know, as energy sucking and stress inducing as money. So we can change our view of scary things like finances, right? By stepping toward these conversations in relationships to remove the block that is in place from avoiding them from avoiding this, right? So I I invite you to start changing the conversation here surrounding money. We normally avoid this subject. So today we're gonna do the opposite of that by going beyond the surface. I have Gina here, and Gina and I, we're gonna tell you how you can take your power back and stop numbing your relationship with money. Gina is a friend of mine. She is in a, um, she's in a securely attached, healthy relationship that is heading in a serious direction. Now, of course, she found herself facing very head-on this conversation, and very few people have meaningful conversations about money in relationships. So Gina helps us to start seeing how money can be an integrated, meaningful conversation in relationship. And in, in the way that she confronts this in her relationships, she is able to show up then as the most mindful and regulated partner possible, right? I, I love that she gets across that this was not easy, 
okay? Because what hard conversation is. But once the money block was removed and a safe space was created in place, the relationship that she had was awakened to, you know, better conversation overall and, and better connection. So I really, um, I really honor the bravery and the openness that she brings to this space in, in stepping forward to share this with us today. Um, despite this, you know, being such a taboo and there being so many hard emotions that live behind this topic. Um, she is a teacher, which she'll get into, but in this space, you know, she's teaching us how to reject the fear, the shame, the stories, the, you know, the money truths that we might have surrounding our finances and what that means to us about our worth, what we make that mean about our worth. So, so many bows to Gina because what it means to embody being a fearless female is to step toward uncertainty and create a foundation of truth that you live in. Then you living, you live in your fullest expression. Um, I was dying to have this conversation with somebody, and, and you know, I myself am very avoidant. I'm very afraid. Um, myself of having this conversation. So this is going to, this is going to be an ongoing conversation in this space. And it's something that I have to kind of force myself to confront. Um, not only because of my avoidant tendencies, but also because, you know, this is very activating for people. You know, they have an idea of what's right and wrong in this space. Um, and what would be easier for me is to avoid a scary subject like this, (laughs) but I'm not going to do that. We don't do that. Um, the hard conversations that drive our truth, um, and invite, they invite, you know, everybody in our relational space into this safety that we're creating here. So without further ado, here is Gina. Hello. Welcome, Gina. Thank you so much, Jill. Good to be here. Yes. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Thank you for volunteering to do this. Um, Money is a crazy conversation and I'm, yeah, I'm so excited. Um, So what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of money? Oh, gosh. Um, One of the first words that comes to mind is enough. Um, Definitely can be scary to think that at at times, obviously. Um, I've worked on getting more comfortable with that, but I think that's one of those words that we're always going to be somewhat worried about, depending upon whether we make a million dollars or $10,000, it's just enough. Mm -hmm. And not that we'll get into this much more. I know money is everything, but um, making sure the basics are covered, obviously, but then also making sure that you have enough to to enjoy life. Yeah, and I'm just like the same as you because I told you my first word that comes in my head is scarcity, I think, just because... Exact same thing as enough. And I mean, yeah, like obviously when we feel scarcity, that's like an invitation for us to go inward and examine why we feel that and what beliefs um, we're upholding that contribute to that. I am very open on this podcast about like I'm an avoidantly attached person and that's how I navigate my relationships because avoidance comes up for me a lot. And like my awareness of that is how I'm able to regain control over my relationships and things. So being that money is a relationship also, I am a recovering money avoidant. So... (laughs) The ways that that has come out for me is like, I will leave my bills in the mailbox. I'll look at, I'll open my mailbox, I see bills, I'm like, nope, I shut it. I also used to avoid uh, checking my account after a night out. So -hmm. those are just like, once I realized that my avoidance um, in relationships, yeah, applies to everything, I Mm -hmm. had to look at my relationship to money. 
So, yeah, would you say that your relationship to money has cycles that you grew up with? Yes, I think scarcity comes to mind um, for certain period of my life that's for sure um I definitely now have a better healthier relationship with money um which I'm grateful for but there was a period in my life in my 20s where um I had some of the same same issues um where avoidance was easier than ripping off the band-aid and facing the fact. I have worked on it, gotten better. I'm still not perfect, but um, I think we also too, we all, we, we go through cycles of, you know, kind of being in the money versus a little bit more shortchanged. Um, perhaps that, you know, that depends on job circumstances, life circumstances. So I've definitely had my ebbs and flows feeling that I've had enough money or not enough at all. Um, and I think that's perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. But what's perhaps maybe not normal is to just be real with it and sit with it with yourself and um, kind of understand where you're at and um, work on getting yourself to a healthier space. Oh my gosh, for sure that's not normal. Like when was the last time you sat at brunch and had a conversation with your girlfriends? Like how is your, you know, your money situation? It's like so taboo to talk about this. That's why I'm so glad that you have me confronting this. Um, And I'm glad you said the word cycle because something, you know, a pattern that I used to have is restrict, restrict. And then I would, you know, not, I can't sustain that. I would overspend and then I would feel shame. And that was my cycle. Why do we need to care about mindfulness and money? Oh, gosh. Um, It's a big one. Um, I think first and foremost, when you confront your money situation, at least you're giving yourself the knowledge of where you're at and hopefully where you could go. I had to get comfortable with the fact that like facing my money situation, whatever it was at the time, would at least bring me some peace of mind, even though it wasn't exactly where I wanted to be. At least I knew I could always be real with myself, even if, you know, I wasn't exactly real with everyone around me. You owe it to yourself to be honest with yourself in all aspects of of your life, um, money included. So at least it brings you peace of mind may may be hard to say because If you're, if you're struggling financially, I definitely understand what it's like not to have peace of mind, to have those sleepless nights about, is this bill going to get paid or is that going to get paid? Um, but at least you know you have a starting point. You know where you're at and you know where you can, you can start yourself building a way forward. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, money is with us forever. Uh, yes, we need it. Like, it's a part of our ecosystem. It. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, whether we want to admit it or not, it's, it's a part of our, it's a part of our relationships. Society teaches us that we need to acquire more money and then acquiring more money is like a part of our, our praise. And mm-hmm. we're bombarded by messages often that you're not enough, you're not enough. And maybe having money is how you're going to prove that you're enough. You know, it's a taboo. We're not supposed mm-hmm. to talk about it, but mm-hmm. work with money is work with, with worth. And that's, and that's like a yeah. lot what we're discussing here. Yeah. So view yeah. from Gina's court, your three big lessons so far. 
my first big lesson would be to just rip the Band-Aid off. You've got to confront it. You've got to look at the accounts. You've got to take a real stock in what you have and what you want to attain. So you've got to rip that Band-Aid off and just do it with your with, with yourself at least. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps maybe a trusted advisor or a friend or family member, but um, you've got to rip that Band-Aid off. Um, I guess... Second to that would be to start to learn how to budget. Um, Scariest whatever. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my budget used to be don't spend any money until the rent's paid. I don't know that that's official budget advice. Um, But I definitely have learned that value in the past couple years and have come to appreciate it. It's hard stuff will come up but learning some budget basics will go a long way and I guess this goes hand in hand with um, kind of ripping the band-aid off but if you are in a partnership whatever that is you need to be real you owe it to that person to be real with them about your money situation mm-hmm some financial guidance or counseling or, um, you know, I mean, of course, I'm sure there's a million like free resources out there online. um, But definitely seek some guidance in that area, start to see what you can maybe set some long term goals for yourself. And then also to um, I know this doesn't apply to everybody. But if if you happen to be in a partnership, um, like I am, you owe it to that person to be honest with them about your financial situation when the time is right, of course, obviously. Absolutely. And like, I mean, even if you're not in a partnership, you know, getting your money right Mm -hmm. is the, and like, Mm -hmm. I'm always saying being single can be one of the best things that ever happened to you. If you take that time to, to sort out some things Mm -hmm. getting your money right would be one Mm -hmm. of those things. Mm -hmm. And I like how you say rip the bandaid off because it's like, just once you can confront that reality with yourself, maybe that can shed some of the weight that comes Mm -hmm. with like, just how scary that is. Like, yeah. We take on the money truths that we are taught by other people, right? Like mm-hmm. mostly our family systems. Mm-hmm. Like someone saying, you know, you can't afford something. Maybe you take on that truth as your own. We just, we grow up on certain narratives. So mm-hmm. what are mm-hmm. the money truths that you learned and what kind of set your need to shift them? Oh gosh. So I grew up with two very different examples of money. Um, I had one parent who was completely responsible, um, still to this day keeps books in, um, handwritten books in black and red. That's amazing. Um, And then I grew up with one parent who was, uh, and still is, um, kind of a disaster when it comes to money. So I saw both ends of the spectrum. And I guess most of my life, I fell somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm edging closer and closer to, um, in fact, I know I'm getting closer and closer to that more responsible um, side of things and some of that comes with education, not that both of my parents didn't educate me in in some way, whether it was what not to do or what to do. Um, I realized that I was fortunate to have two examples in my life and fortunate to have um, parents who did let me in on finances. I knew 
growing up in a child of divorce in two different households, mm-hmm. um, I knew what the child support payment was. I knew oh, wow. what the mortgage was. Um, and I knew when, when maybe that bill wasn't going to get paid or, you know, perhaps we couldn't buy as many groceries one week. At the same turn, I knew in another, in my other parents' household, you know, money wasn't so much of a concern. Um, and I could get whatever I wanted at the grocery store. Um, so I saw both ends of the spectrum and, um, that obviously really gave me a profound experience on both sides. The value that, um, that both my parents instilled in me, uh, was hard work and I was also encouraged to pursue a job, a career that I would love doing and be passionate about. And for me, that happens to be a job that is not necessarily super paid super well. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself graduating college in a spot where I didn't happen to be making a ton of money, but I was happy in what I was doing. So it was a bit of a contradiction and it was hard in retrospect, looking back um, on some of the lessons that I learned through my parents, I was like, well, I've done what you've asked. I'm, I'm happy in the work that I do, but it, it, it's not paying me necessarily. Um, yeah, no one warned us. Oh, gosh, no. Um, it's, not, it's not paying me well enough to live even super comfortably. That, that was hard. But I also think that um, my parents could have been better educated themselves about um, retirement, investing, um, it's hard to get through, you know, um, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 16-year-old's mind at that oh, yeah. point. You're, you know, you're not really in the, in the frame of mind to understand that our parents may or may not be as well-educated about money as, you know, as they need to be or they could be. I definitely think there's just a lack of knowledge in general out there, whether it's our parents' generation or ours. Um, but... I do think having both ends of the spectrum as examples definitely have helped me try and and seek some balance. Uh, you know, part of that is nurture and part of that is nature. Yeah. And I like that you pointed out that money beliefs are multi-generational. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's a gift to be able to stop and be like, okay, wait, I can change this now. Because really, like, you're healing this for your next generation, yes. you know? Yes. And so let's talk about, yeah, how you said, like, how worth creates worth. How do we find our sense of worth if we're not, like, a rich homie Kwan? <laughs> oh, man. Now, I definitely do credit both of my parents for this and in instilling in me that your worth is not the money that you have in your bank account. Your worth is your character. Mm-hmm. Character is your worth, you know? And so um, I watch struggle, watch both parents, you know, struggle through um, highs and lows at their jobs, even job loss. Um, and so um, I, I know that they weren't entirely happy all the time in their careers and their jobs. And that is one thing they always stress to me is do something you love, do something you're passionate about. Um, Moreover, do something 
that's good for the world and, and that you're going to contribute in it. I happen to um, be in the education field, um, as a former teacher, um, and now work in nonprofit. And so uh, I think it's evident um, more so um, that, that that line of uh, career is uh, giving back to the world, but that doesn't mean that you can't if you're in a career field that, you know, is, is, I don't know, whether it's, like I said, I mentioned investment banking or gosh, who knows whether yeah, you're maybe a, like the criminal defense lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can like, still find a way to give back and do good for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what was stressed to me at the same time, I guess I didn't really know how underpaid I would be, um, in choosing that path. But at the same time, um, money is a lot of things. It's not everything. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, and your so... Your worth is not your money. It doesn't no, lie there. No, yeah, no, yeah. Your, just, worth, your worth is your character. Yes. When we want to create a future with someone, we have to face the money discussion head on, right? As you found out. Yes. Um, that's confronting. Yes. There's not a lot of safe space around that conversation created in general. Um, so tell me about how you knew... It was time to have the money talk in your relationship. Oh, gosh. Yes. So the money talk in relationships, such a like, gosh, where do I even begin? Um, Again, it's kind of one of those, um, can be one of those rip the Band-Aid off moments. I think, you know, we, we often worry about, as I say, getting into bed with someone, you know, from the physical standpoint. Um, no, if you if you want to get truly naked with someone, you're going to show them your credit score. I love that. <laughs> um, ain't nothing more naked than that. Mm. <laughs> um, so, um, and it's not like that has to happen on the first date. Obviously, it doesn't. But I think even how you approach money from your first date onward is is going to be a telltale sign about how it goes in the relationship. But obviously, if your goals are to be partnered with someone, perhaps have a family with someone, you're going to need to talk about money eventually. It's going to happen. Um, And I was not yet a year, almost a year, into my relationship when um, we did have that very naked moment on the couch of pulling up my credit score, um, in front of my partner. And, um, that was scary as hell. Um, also because I hadn't seen it myself in a while. And, (laughs) um, having been in a place where I was, um, underpaid for the work that I did as a, as a teacher, um, unfortunately my money wasn't right where I wanted it to be. Um, at the same time, I didn't feel, For a long time, I felt I was holding myself back um, from having a relationship because of a lack of money. It's common. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to do that to myself anymore. And so I just, I had to get really real with myself and use a lot of internal dialogue about, you know what, money is not all your self-worth. If you find someone who truly loves you, respects you, appreciates you, all that jazz, um, 
they're going to understand and they're going to work with you. And we ripped that Band-Aid off almost a year in, I think, more officially. I can speak from kind of the beginning stages of dating when you know, we were going on those first dates and you have that awkwardness of, is he going to pay all, you know, the bill up front? Like, what do we do? Do we split it? You know, there, there were some of those moments as well. And I think, um, in as real and polite of a way as you can, you, you kind of have to work through it. Sometimes it might feel like fumbling through it. Mm. It's just, it's one of those things. The bill's going to come, so you're going to have to do something with it. It's true. And like removing the money block early, I think is really kind of mm-hmm. good advice that is not only not mm-hmm. given often, but like not considered. Like mm-hmm. I held, I told you I had an experience um, on a first date with somebody who just visibly freaked out when the bill came. And like knowing me, I don't, I, I like to talk about shit. I like to confront things. So I was like, are you freaking out? <laughs> And he was like, yes, I'm freaking out, you know, because I don't know if it's going to mean something about your equality. If I pick up this bill, I don't know if you're going to be offended. And he was like, what do you think? And I was just like, well, I, you know, I'm prepared to pay off. I'm also like, I would be blown away by your generosity if you pay, you know, I I appreciate that. So then he grabbed it and was like, I want to pay, I want to pay. And I was like, thank you. Because, you know, a thank you goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, then the second date, I'm all like excited when the bill comes. I'm like, are you going to freak out again? And he's like, no, no, because you, you, we talked about it. You know, and I'm actually, I would like to pick up this bill. And I just felt like, I thought that was interesting because I'm like, I removed the money box so early in this situation and it really felt like very much mm-hmm. like things just slid by easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, and creating that freedom in your relationship surrounding this topic, do you feel like, and when you face that fear that things just started sailing smoother? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Now, when the bill does get there, Obviously, I think the right and polite thing to do um, is to offer. And, um, you know, then then it's kind of to use um, the title of your podcast. It's up. It, the ball's put into the man's court. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you see what happens from there. Yeah, and uh, I have compassion for that. Yeah. You know, for the man not really knowing what's mm-hmm. what you, mm-hmm. you know he's got to spend. He doesn't know mm-hmm. where he stands. It's, mm-hmm. I think that would be hard. That I, yeah. I definitely think it's hard, and I I I've got to yeah put myself in his shoes in a way. Um, in that moment, um, I realized too that you know what I just had to say was definitely following some some gender norms, but I think. It's, it's nice to be treated. Oh, for sure. And you, on both ends. On both yeah. ends. And you as a woman can do your part to show your man that he's treated well. That goes, I think that goes a long way. And in my relationship, um, we were a couple dates in. And um, at this point in time in our relationship, I definitely was still being underpaid in a teaching job and didn't have a lot of money and um, just saved and worked to make sure within, um, I don't think it was our third date, but I want to say it was within like the first like seven dates or so that I paid on a, 
at a dinner we went out to um, that was, you know, a pretty decent sized bill, I guess. Um, but I, it was important for me, for the man that I was starting to date, to know that he wasn't going to be taken advantage of when it came to money, but also that it's a, that's that's a partnership where, you know, maybe it's not split down 50-50 um, all the time, but you're contributing what you can and your partner knows that and values that. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that like everybody, regardless of income, can be rich in effort. Yes. Right? And yes. so I think it's also like if you're getting frustrated with somebody not paying for you or that doesn't seem like they're making effort in that sense, that monetary sense, I think it's important to ask yourself, like, is this my own thought or is this something I've been taught? Because mm-hmm. so before we had this conversation, I went down this rabbit hole of learning about the history of marriage, you know, and like what we've made provider mean over the years. So the history, of course, is that men were supposed to be the providers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But um, the history of marriage is you used to marry for money and for in-laws. Mm-hmm. So it was basically like, you know, if like if you were the baker, it made sense to like marry the baker next door. Like we kept the rich rich and we kept the poor poor. And that was just on purpose. And since then it's shifted into like you marry for love. But there's so much of that narrative is stuck around. Men are supposed to be providers. Then you have like these and this always comes up on like every podcast I have the independent Beyonce woman who mm-hmm. like wears mm-hmm. her independence like a badge of honor, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's almost maybe that person that type of person would have a problem with being paid for. And that's mm-hmm. what makes somebody like a man that the man that I was on the date with was probably like thinking from that sense of, well, I don't want to insult this person. And our minds have been made to think in so many different ways because this is so layered. And the intention behind, you know, behind dating is what matters, not the money. But mm-hmm. what do you think? What are your thoughts on like, what if somebody doesn't want to be the breadwinner? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's historically been the masculine side, not really anymore. Your relationship sets a good example of teamwork. Right. And I mean, you know, someone may be the breadwinner. Um, Maybe you both have somewhat comparable salaries in the relationship. Um, But I definitely think that, you know, money coming from a salary is obviously not everything in a relationship. Um, Maybe it affords you a fun night out, but it also matters whether or not the laundry's done and the dishes are done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's much to be done, um, especially if you're living together, um, you know, in and around the house. Um, that definitely counts um, oh, yeah. as, as work, the cooking. Um, so uh, there, there definitely is that. And I know in that traditional sense that you're speaking of, obviously, the man would would go out and and be the breadwinner and and perhaps his wife would stay home or maybe not make as much um, in her job or her career. Um, And to some degree that that may still be the case. Um, I think it's in the back of everyone's minds in a way, whether we want it it to be or not. It may be in the back of our minds, but I think it may still factually Mm -hmm be the case, um, especially when we know that women are still um, underpaid um, yeah. compared to to males. Um, I'm not sure the exact figure. That be we would. I should have looked that we up. We hear. I, I should have looked that up too. But I mean, we're we're always hearing eighty cents to the dollar. Eighty cents. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> roughly that. I definitely think that um, 
you know, when it comes to uh, when you're in a relationship, at least, and money and somebody definitely makes more, does that, does that mean that the person gets off completely from doing all the household chores? No, but there's, there's a give and take there, and that's where you need to, to sit down and, and talk with your partner. Um, and maybe uh, you work things out proportionally. And that sounds good to me. I mean, inviting, like, what matters right is inviting the conversation about contribution, Mm -hmm. like, to the table. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, what does contribution look like to you? Right. It may be dollars, and it may be dusting. I -hmm. don't know. Either or. um, You get to decide that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And having that conversation can take away the charge associated with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you operate in silence, like, ah, screw this guy, you know, I'm doing all the cleaning, I'm doing Mm -hmm. it. Like, that's how resentment Mm -hmm. builds up. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing how much our beliefs and our conditioning, like, get in the way of allowing Mm -hmm. us to, like, observe what is a healthy money behavior Mm -hmm. and what isn't, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And I've heard it. People have made it into, like... I've heard women be like, this is just America. Like, men in America are, like, not chivalrous. And I'm like, what? You're just making it into this, like, this whole thing about America. And it's like, it's, it's, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what it is. I don't think that it's like, this is American men. I think you, you have to look at, like, what, like, what does this mean to you? What is your belief behind this? We establish that you have your own money truths that you have learned separately. Your partner mm-hmm. has his own money truths mm-hmm. that he brings into the relationship. Mm-hmm. How do we not take on our partner's money truths and not get triggered by each other's Ooh, that's money triggers? Yeah, that's that's tricky because they're definitely my partner and I. We have some differences in in habits with our money. That's for sure. Um. I mean, I'll be fully transparent. I was the one who needed to um, to grow in my financial education and also kind of straightening things out on the money front. So I yeah, had there's no shame in that either. No, like, no, no and I that. don't feel shame. And uh, yeah, fortunately for me, I found a partner who doesn't make me feel shame. That's a in, big green which flag is to look for. Huge, huge. Um, you know, I know all of us. Well, maybe not all of us, but there are many of us that are running around with an insurmountable, you know, student loan debt um, on on our shoulders. And um, that is a debt that I think you should never be apologetic for. Um, It's just a thing on a piece of paper. Like, we have to be compassionate Uh, for that. Yeah. cannot be like, this is a deal breaker and walk away. Like, get curious about it. Give this person a chance to, to like, like, you know... Maybe their money beliefs were, their money truths were very difficult for them. Maybe they grew up, like, having all of this, these truths suppressed or, like, shamed. So it's really, we have to be curious and patient with people about this. I think, too, I mean, understanding where your partner comes from in terms of how they grew up Mm -hmm. being taught about money is huge, which definitely we've talked about in our relationship. But fortunately, I've... I've been able to learn from my partner and he has given me the space, my space to like comprehend and learn because it is sometimes overwhelming um, when you're not constantly studying financial education to take it on. And I think if you're going to be a true partner, then that's what you should do do but it's definitely nothing that's ever going to go 
away. I mean, what are the most common causes of divorce? One of them is money. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, money and communication, which yeah. obviously go hand in hand. Um, you can't not talk about it. You get those feelings of resentment that you're talking about um, and a whole host of other issues. Um, you just can't not talk about it. It's, it's uncomfortable sometimes. It may feel unnatural at first. Um, I do promise you that if you begin talking about it, it does become more natural. And also, it's something you need to revisit from time to time. Yep. Um, I love your mantras of rip the bandit off and get naked when it comes to money. <laughs> get naked when it comes to money. That yeah. is so important, like, to internalize. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, yeah, I love your point about, like, you don't take on your partner's money triggers. You invite them to have this conversation and do this work with you. And mm-hmm. you needed that space. You needed to be given that space, being that you were the person stepping in with maybe further to go. Mm-hmm. No shame there. And you don't shame your partner. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, am I perfect? No. Do I still, you know, want to spend my money um, here and there on a new outfit or on this or that? Yes. Um, I and don't I think feel he, shame. I think he appreciates, I think mm-hmm. he appreciates that, though, mm-hmm. when you do get you a nice new outfit and, and there's space mm-hmm. for that, too. Mm-hmm. Just, and the point that, like, how you choose to spend money is a reflection of how you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can honor yourself by spending your money. You can honor yourself by spending your money on organic food because you want right. to honor your body with right. healthy food. So right. you can honor your partner by getting a cute new outfit. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some ways like for you? Like, for part of I like part of how I honor and love myself when it comes to my money is I prioritize convenience. I work a really long work day, and. I'm going to Walgreens to buy something that might be $10 cheaper somewhere else. And for me, that's like something that honors me because I want my time. Convenience is an honor to myself. And I and so people will say to me, and you know, it just goes into like hearing all these money truths that other people have. People will be like, I can't believe that you shop at Walgreens, you know? And I'm just like, well, maybe I would have shamed myself if I hadn't, you know, I'm involved in this work now. And like, I'm just like that. Yeah, my time is a priority to me. You do not have to understand that. So that's one way that I honor myself. You've stepped forward in your relationship, confronted these money issues. What are some ways that you still, like, show love to yourself? Well, I really like food. <laughs> um, I spend a lot of money on food. Good quality food. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, honoring myself, my body, um, in that way, I guess. But also, too, I mean, I'm a girly girl. I like my outfits. I like my new shoes. Um, I... I like to get a massage every month. Um, you know, that's that's a treat to myself. Um, and I think to, you know, something we need we do need to to talk about is um, it costs a lot of money to be a fly looking girl out there. Like, I mean, you gotta get hair hair done, nails did, everything did. You know, whatever. <laughs> I love this, you I'm gonna that is such I'm a good gonna time. I totally messed up this song. <laughs> and I will say that you expect us to come a certain way. I mean, that's why you swiped, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to understand that, you know, we are putting out a lot of money for the shoes, the nails, the hair, the outfit, the everything. Um, Yeah, and how we apply balance to everything is is important. And, like, I like to do reframes. So it's it's like if, you know, sometimes when you were thinking, like, well, I can't afford this, we could change that to, like, I spend on the things I value. Mm -hmm. Or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, money is stressful becomes Mm -hmm. I'm the keeper of my money truths. I'm the, Mm -hmm. I own these truths. So I can change them if I want. Mm -hmm. Um, Money is shameful equals I associate money with the best parts of life. 
you know, so like it, it can become like something where you switch around from stressing out to like kind of making it okay to have balance. Mm -hmm. Um, and something like, I, I think that like the really, really, really outdated notion of like reciprocity, um, it used to kind of mean like I paid for you, so you owe me something. And I've heard some men scattered around some, some scattered opinions have, they get maybe a little paranoid about that. And I, I think like, I just don't, I don't think that we can approach it that way. I don't think that that's really reciprocity freaks out men and I can see some truth in that, but I, I don't think... I think we have to approach it from a place of, like, we're both here to be curious about each other, you know? The absolute equal reciprocity is not the way to go about it in, in a relationship. No. Um, we're evolving past that. Yeah. You've, you each have something to contribute, a lot of things to contribute. Um, money's just one of them. Absolutely. There's so many layers to this conversation, and that's why it's so important mm-hmm. to have it. I mean, just us having this conversation to me is really important because I just, I just want it to be out there. Um, Definitely. So, what would you tell younger Gina about, um, <laughs> you know, knowing what you know now? Um, I would definitely go back and tell myself, save more when you can. Um, I used to think it was cool to, you know, be the one to buy everybody top shelf drinks in, in college. Um, should have saved back a little bit more then. Um, so definitely it's one of those lessons you've heard everybody say, pay yourself first. Do that. Um, I, I wish I would have saved more way back when. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't start from where you're at now. So, um, saving always is, is one. Um, and then, um, be honest and truthful with yourself, but when it, the time is right to do that with your partner, um, that's only going to benefit you both in, in the long run. Um, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to them to be, to be honest and truthful about where you're at. Um, and then, I also think to some degree something that I grew up with, um, this was just coming to me as we were talking about worth and what you like to spend your money on, um, you can't take it with you. Things are nice and experiences are, I think, even nicer in a way because you always have the memory. Um, but at the end of the day, we're, we're all going to arrive to the same spot probably yeah. in the universe <laughs> yeah. um, with nothing. So you can't take it with you. Um, be grateful um, f- for what you do have in the circumstance that you are. Um, gratefulness will get you far. Gratitude is, yeah, being rich in gratitude, that's a rich life. I love that. And I love the have the hard conversation. I love to drill that into people's heads. Have the hard conversation. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's what that will pay off. Yeah. Open up those bank accounts. Get naked. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's okay. Because it, it can only go up from there, you know. Um, if, you, if you're responsible about it, it can only go up from there. And mm-hmm. I am like in physical pain hearing about you sitting on the couch checking your credit scores together. That is, like, I incredible. what you do when you really get naked with someone. 
Uh, uh, no, this was a... Thank you so, so, so much for agreeing to this kind of conversation. It's such a taboo. It's so layered, and I just appreciate your openness. It's and my pleasure, Jill. So important, thank and you. I want to keep this conversation open. So mm-hmm. thank yeah. you so much for doing this. Yes, thank you. Okay, we need to turn on the air. <laughs>